we open up on a beautiful Halcyon City day. The comic panel shows the blue skies, and it shows the puffy clouds, and it shows the city below this endless array. Halcyon is the greatest city in the world. It's It's got so many people, and it's got so many cultures, and it's got so much development and, and industry, and amazing things happen here all the time, and it's just this beautiful city seen from above. And we zoom in on the city down below. We get closer to these tall set of skyscrapers shaped almost so that they look like castles. As we get closer, these giant glass spires. And we, we get closer and we see the logo on them says Rook Industries. We get closer and we see the people on the street below and we see the cars moving past on this beautiful Halcyon City day. And then there's an explosion as one of these spires, it just bursts and glass goes flying everywhere and a figure comes hurtling out amidst smoke and fire rocketing out of the skyscraper and then smashing into the street below, making a crater as cars swerve and smash into streetlights on the, on the sides of the street. And this figure rises up out of the devastation that they've caused and it's this towering dark figure with glowing green lines and huge talons and just ten feet tall as it rises up and a car swerves, uh, like can't stop in time and the figure just reaches out one hand, stops the car, and then flips it. In their other arm, the figure is holding some weird set of uh, metallic looking tubes with strange purple lights running up and down their surface. In the middle of this scene of catastrophe and danger and and everybody screaming and running away, who is the first on the scene? Which one of you is the first there? I would think Toro. Excellent. So Toro, how do you arrive? Uh, I was on a bus, public transportation, and basically I was just like, one block over when I heard the crash. So I pulled a little handle, you know, the bus stopped. I went out the back door, uh, you know, told everybody to be safe. And then I run to the scene. Now, so you do not have any kind of hidden identity. The the sort of picture of Toro has her wearing like little horns and she's wearing the matador jacket. But I, I, do you, do you care about the costume? Like, are you just going there wearing whatever you have? If you have time to change, maybe you'll change, but yeah, I, I probably have more like a t-shirt Great. that's, you know, it's got like the 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 horns on it. You know, almost like the rock star. Great. Uh, uh, yes. I think almost think think Jessica Jones from the Netflix series, but just a little bit younger. Yes. And not not a drunk. And that's so like you know the big shit kicker boots. You know, jeans. Probably a couple chains hanging off the sides. Herb. All right, I love it. Uh, so you are just racing onto the the scene, running forward as streams of people are coming in the opposite direction. And you take up a position stopping some slight distance away from uh, this figure, Rampage, this terrifying, tall, uh, strange and alienish figure. So uh, am I familiar? Like, have I seen Rampage before? Is he a known entity? This city has had uh, a huge number of villains and it has um, tons of history with it. So in some ways, Rampage is known. Rampage has existed. Rampage has attacked before. How much you know about Rampage is an honest question. Like Toro, do you how much do you know about the villains of the city? Uh, not a lot. Not really my strength. 
So like I might have like like a memory of probably Hornet was like had some sort of like PowerPoint presentation <laughs> and was going through all the known weaknesses uh, and affiliations. And I was like, you know, talking to Rex in the back of the class. Oh, that's so good. That's great. So, so it's like we have a momentary comic panel, which looks like it should be a flashback of you figuring out who this is, but it's all hazy and very vague. <laughs> <laughs> and I just hear like, wah, 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 Charlie Brown speaks exactly. in the panels from Hornet. Exactly. Uh, so all you've got is the name. You've got the name Rampage. And she rounds on you. This towering figure rounds on you. Those eyes piercing straight at you. And in in a really weird uh, reverberating voice that doesn't sound human really at all. She says, Get out of the way. I charge. Okay. Alright, so as Toro is charging at Rampage, who is the next on the scene? I think Hornet will be. Excellent. Hornet, how do you arrive? What I'm thinking is that um, Hornet is at her mentor's uh, her uh, mentor's uh, building. Uh, he's a, probably a multimillionaire billionaire or whatever. Sure, uh, totally. Man cave. Yeah. Well, um, so she's down the block at Emerald Enterprises. Uh, nice. The secret headquarters or slash uh, workplace of Mantis. So she's probably changing into her costume and then running down the block. Excellent. Do you race down the block? Do you use grapple lines or any weird, like, Batman-y kind of stuff? Or it's a good point. Yeah, it's a gadget. So she probably pops out of the penthouse and just uh, grapples down towards sure. the uh, shattered uh, remains of the skyscraper. Perfect. So you are coming swinging down at the same time that you see Toro charging in at Rampage. Are you... Do you say or do anything as you come swinging in? Uh, no, I'm going to assess the situation, just kind of look around and see what chaos is going on. Okay, perfect. I like to think, though, that Hornet expects me to know what I should have known from her <laughs> presentation. No, don't do and it. at some point, that will be an issue. <laughs> <laughs> Weren't you paying attention? <laughs> as a quick factual side note, just so that everybody's aware if it's on the table. I know one of the pre-selected things that Hornet has as an advantage for her connection to Mantis is communicators. So, just to check in on that, does everybody have a communicator, Mant? Uh, sorry, Hornet. Does everybody have their own I individual? Would, I would think so. Yeah, and they're supposed to wear it at all times. Of course, or you know, have it on their person at the very least. I'd imagine. Great. And is it like um, one of those magical things the Avengers have that's invisible? <laughs> no, it's 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 like a um like a round disc probably about the size of a you know, a few inches across with a whatever our symbol is. Perfect. Toro, do you have your communicator on you right now? I it's probably in my pocket. <laughs> it's probably vibrating, like I feel it, but it's not in you Great. <laughs> yeah. Good. Just making sure. All right, so Hornet, you're going to assess the situation, so let's resolve that. This is one of the uh, basic moves of the game, and when we hit the triggers for the basic moves, we go to the move, you roll two six-sided dice, you add the appropriate label, and then the move tells us what happens. Generally speaking, on a 10 or higher, things go perfectly within control. On a 7 and 9, it's a little worse. There may be a cost or complication. Uh, and on a 6 or less, that's a miss, and I get to say what happens. It'll probably be messy, but as an advantage, you get to earn a potential every time you roll a miss, potential being the experience points of the game. 
This specific move, Assess the Situation, is the trying to figure out what's going on, taking stock of the area around you, uh, figuring out what you can use. Again, a very Batman-ish kind of idea where, you know, he's figuring out, aha, if I push that thing and I swing off that thing, I can make the things go together and it'll create, I don't know, new life or something. <laughs> so, assess the situation. You're going to roll plus superior, Hornet. All right. Six plus my superior, so eight. Excellent. Uh, so, on a seven and nine, you get to ask one question from the list on the basic move sheet. And uh, you will take a plus one anytime you trigger a move while acting on the answers. And if I read this correctly, I have be mindful of your surroundings. So when I assess the situation before coming into fight, I get an additional question. Is Indeed. That right? You got it perfect. So you have two questions. All right. What here is the greatest danger? Uh, so that's what here is in the greatest danger, just to make sure oh, we're on the same page. My, my mistake. Uh, how best could we end this quickly? Great. So, this is Rampage. You, Hornet, obviously having given the report, uh, are more familiar with. If you're interested in ending this quickly, actually, let me ask you, uh, with regards to this question, when you say end this quickly, are you seeking a way to subdue Rampage really quickly, or are you seeking a way to, like, end the danger to the people and the city as quickly as possible? Which is your version of ending it quickly? Reduce the danger to the citizens. Great, okay. So Rampage is not actually like any kind of unthinking monster. She was um, mutated into this form. She was changed. And she wants to become human again. And she's willing to do bad, bad things to become human again. Not least because she was turned into this killing machine. But the point is, generally speaking, she's not seeking to hurt anybody. She's just going for whatever will help save her. So as you're swooping in on your grapple line and you see her holding those weird canisters under her arm with the purple lights running along them, she clearly stole those and is now attempting to flee. Not getting in her way, keeping everyone out of her way, just letting her get out of here is actually the safest way to ensure she doesn't hurt anyone. But that said, also those canisters are the key to the whole situation. You can use those to lure her away from people. That's the, the crux of how you can get her away from anybody and make sure nobody's getting hurt. Okay, and then my second question, what here can I use to trace or track uh, Rampage? Perfect. Uh, yeah, 100%. You have, I mean, just you you yourself on your... Do you have a do you have a belt with the pouches? Do you think, or uh, where do you keep all your gear and gadgets? I think it's uh, based on this image, probably in like a gauntlet. Perfect. You know, kind of just uh, shoots out. So, so you have a tracer that should work to track Rampage. Same note: Rampage is is dangerous and powerful, but Rampage isn't a mastermind kind of supervillain. So, probably she won't figure out what you've done, but you're gonna have to get it under her skin. Uh, if it's over her skin, it might fall off. Her skin's incredibly tough. There's not a guarantee it'll stick. So you're going to have to somehow get it through to really get this tracker to land. But you have the tracker. All right, cool. All right, so you are swinging in, and you're, like, formulating this plan, and we have that moment of uh, Hornet vision, right, picking out the elements that matter, and then and then Toro smashes into Rampage <laughs> like the bull. So Toro, 
you are triggering another move. You are triggering directly engage a threat. Sounds about right. And, and this move is very much for I'm a punch you, and you're a punch me back, and we're a punch each other, and everybody's going to get hurt. This isn't for clever kind of like sly things. This isn't necessarily for Spider-Man webbing a guy into a wall. This is for like a slugfest. So what I'm seeing is Rampage has these things under her arms. Yes. And, you know, I'm a big fan of the Halcyon Supers, our football team. <laughs> nice. So I see, I'm just going to T-bone Rampage like she just caught the ball and just try to take her down. Superb. I love it. Oh, that's not good. So I'm rolling uh, danger on that. You are rolling with danger. Yep. I got a six. Okay. So this is a good moment to introduce one of the core mechanics <laughs> of the game, which is team. For the moment, your team pool has one point in it. We add one point to the team pool at the beginning of every session. So there's only one point in it right now. The The way you add a bunch more points is there is a move that triggers when you enter battle against a dangerous foe as a team. We haven't hit that move yet because you have not, as a team, entered the battle together. Once that happens, we will hit this move and we'll add a bunch. But there is still one in the pool. And team is used to help uh, on your teammates' roles. So when you make any role, your teammates can each spend one team out of the pool to give you plus one. Okay? They can each only spend one, but if you had, like, five teams in the pool, every single teammate could each spend one, and that means you might get plus three on that given role. If there isn't team in the pool, they obviously can't spend it. So for this moment, you have a six... That means with a plus one, that would actually get you to a seven, which is a hit. So since there's one in the team pool, the question goes to Hornet. Hornet, can you or are you willing to, are you going to do anything to help Toro? Yeah, um, I'll, I'll spend that team point. And um, what it will be is that as Hornet comes rocketing down from the uh, skyscraper, mm -hmm. Rampage sees this and it's distracted momentarily. Oh, nice. That's perfect. So, how, did you do anything? Did you, like, throw a flash bomb or something to get uh, Rex's, sorry, to get uh, Rampage's attention? I, I was just thinking it was just, uh, you know, peripheral vision, just something fast coming in. Well, like, we know Hornet could have come in stealthily, could have come mm -hmm. in sneakily, and she actively chose to come in, obviously. So, Rampage turns to face this incoming, like, yellow and black streak, and that's when Toro... Uh, smashes right into Rampage. Alright, so, there is zero team in the pool at the moment, but that means, Toro, you have a seven on your roll, uh, so on the directly engage a threat, what you're gonna get is, uh, on a hit, which is a seven or higher, you trade blows, so Rampage hits you, and you hit Rampage. And then you're gonna pick one from this list of options. Alright, so... I also have a bull move that I can cause collateral damage to get an additional option from the list. Nice. I am completely okay with that. So I want to resist their blow for the one. Great. And then I want to take something from them. I'm taking the canisters. Great. Like the, the, mm. basically the, she fumbled the football and I got it. Great. That is excellent. But you are willing to cause massive collateral damage for this. Yes, of course. <laughs> ah, I love it. Okay. Mess with the bull, you get the horn. <laughs> How long are we into this? <laughs> it only took, you know, 30 minutes. It's like, yep. it's going to repeat. That one's going to repeat. 
All right, so yeah, you hurtle into Rampage, and she is not expecting this because she was distracted by Hornet. Like, so she can't even get a, get a blow in as you smash into her, and I imagine that this is you continuing to drive her. Like, you, your feet come onto the ground, but you don't stop pushing and ramming her back. You smash her through the lobby of the building that she just came rocketing out of into the lobby of the Rook Industries building. People are running out of the way and screaming as you drive her back into the elevators and through the elevators (laughs) and into an elevator shaft. And you dump her into the elevator shaft, grabbing the canisters out of her hand as you go. So you have those... They're relatively large. You're obviously strong enough to hold them. They're just a little bulky and annoying to handle, but you've got them in your arm, under your arm at the moment as you've driven Rampage back into the elevator shaft. But that's about the point that um, you hear that sound of like the, the uh, metal cable getting taut. Oh, yeah. And then you hear it snap and the elevator, which is up some floors, starts plummeting down the shaft. So who's next on the scene? I think Shushot is. What what kind of building are we in? Like, what do they do here? Totally. So this is the Rook Industries building. And Rook is... A, it's my go-to because Rosa Rook is our sort of Lex luthor kind of character. And so Rook <laughs> Industries is my go-to Lex Corp kind of building. This is... The, a corporation that does all manner of super science. Mm-hmm. So anything could be here, but this is their their big public skyscraper building in the middle of Halcyon City to show off their wealth and power and success. Okay. So Shershot was here turning in his papers for an internship because he really wants to study super science. <laughs> and <laughs> it's just has just been in the background for this entire fight, just like watching and like checking his watch and, like, tapping his foot impatiently in line. Finally gets to the front of the line, hands in his paperwork, says, this is the transcript, this is my letter of recommendation, these are my scientific samples, I gotta go, bye! And just sprints down, (laughs) following the path of destruction, and then does, uh, like, a a Pete Townsend power slide um, underneath, like, a pile of debris and shoots a foam (laughs) arrow up into the elevator shaft. Okay, now wait, because this is is crucial. Sure shot. Yes. You were there to apply for an internship. One imagines you were wearing some form of, like, professional-ish clothing. Mm-hmm. So, so come now. Did you switch to your <laughs> costume, or...? No, 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 no. I'm in street clothes, but I do have uh, a telescoping bow. <laughs> Just on you at all times, along with, obviously, the trick arrows and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's excellent. Actually, I, since I've referenced the Who, I have to say, as as he's doing the power slide into it, there's the, the scream from Won't Get Fooled Again, as it's <laughs> slow motion extends the, the telescoping bow, and he pulls, like, a tiny little thing from his shoelace and gets it. <laughs> oh, that's superb. <laughs> All right, well, so, so the, the final question then, you, Toro specifically has no uh, secret identity. Like, everybody knows mm-hmm. where soul is Toro. Yeah. Do, is that true for sure shot? He has a secret identity, but at this point, his teammate is in help, and uh, there are more important things than keeping it secret. So he's just praying that they're in, like, uh, an area where there's not a lot of people. Does he put on a little domino mask? Oh, I wasn't planning on that, but I, I like that. Yes. <laughs> so it's just a guy in a suit with a bow and a little domino mask. Yeah. The suit definitely doesn't fit him right. <laughs> uh, all right. Excellent. So you are firing 
the arrow. Now, what kind of arrow are you firing here? Uh, it's a foam arrow, so like uh, a big like hardening foam that would be for um, like putting out fires or stopping large moving objects. And you're trying to stop the elevator from falling. Yes. Great, great. Okay, so there are obviously people on this elevator. Unfortunately. What you are actually doing right now is you are defending those people. You are uh, defending someone or something from an immediate threat. So this is another one of the basic moves. And I like to phrase it as you're defending them from the ground. So go ahead and roll 2d6 plus your savior. Nice. Uh, So that is a 7 plus 2 is 9. Okay. So on a 9, you are going to keep them safe. You're going to get one option from the list from the three bullets uh, on that Mm -hmm. move. But you're also going to have to choose to be exposed to danger or you're going to escalate the situation. So which one do you choose from those two? Are you exposed to danger or do you escalate the situation? That's not a decision that is difficult to make. Exposed to danger, 100%, and I would like to add a team to the pool. Excellent. Okay, so the team pool is back up to one point, and you expose yourself to danger. Uh, so you had to, like, rush in to fire this mm-hmm. arrow. And I imagine that, to some extent, this means that Toro holding those canisters, were you leaving with the canisters? Were you heading back out of the building, Toro? So what I was going to do is look around for a trash can and dump them in there uh, and then come back for them later. Great. So, so you were headed into another part of the lobby looking for that trash can, beelining for a trash can, as some guy who, hey, I think that's Sure Shot. Oh, yeah, it's Sure Shot. He's got the bow. Ah, uh, what a twerp. <laughs> he fires the foam arrow into the elevator shaft. It foams up. It fills the elevator shaft. There's that massive like clang sound as the elevator strikes and sinks into it. The foam has a little bit of give and stops. And and the people screaming stop screaming and yeah, like sure shot, this feels great. You're you're a friggin' hero, right? Like you've got that one moment where you just probably stand there uh preening and smiling. That's when Rampage comes hurtling back up out of the elevator shaft <laughs> and just like grabs you in one giant hand and lifts you up and in your face in that bizarre inhuman voice reverberating screams stop it get out of my way uh hornet where are you right now i think she's in the lobby way and she's sort of assessing the situation once more but this time she sees this sort of display going on and I think wants to try and trick Rampage into thinking that she has the canisters to draw them out of the, you know, populated lobby. Sure, sure. So what do you do? Uh, I'm going to defend and I'm going to uh, draw Rampage's attention away from SureShot by, you know, trying to draw him out of the lobby and, you know, try and get him out of the uh, immediate area. So, so what you are doing is uh, the basic move provoke. When you provoke someone susceptible to your words or actions or whatever, the point is you're trying to get um, Rampage to act in a specific way, and that is provoking Rampage. Uh, so you, okay. you, you get to say what you were trying to get Rampage to do, which you did. You want Rampage to follow you out of here and believe that you have these canisters. And, and how are you selling this to Rampage? Like, what does it look like? What do we see in the comic pen? How large were these canisters? They're kind of bulky. 
they, they were kind of heavy and, and massive under Toro's arms, but, you know, you have tons of gadgets and weirdnesses and mm-hmm. whatever, so what, just what do you do that sells it? I think it's a gadget. It's a like a holographic projector. Oh, so she yes. grabs someone's uh, briefcase and it turns into like a duffel bag. You know, it just uh, nice. gets a little larger and she just like starts running with it, you know, just to make it look like she has those items. But very obviously. Yes. That's great. Uh, I like it. All right. So go ahead and roll 2d6 plus your superior. Eight um, plus one, because I'm trying to uh, get, I assume plus one forward is plus one to the roll, right? Yep, you got it. So that is a total of a nine. If someone can help, uh, you have one team in the pool, and you could make that a ten. Ten being the next step up, a better result than a seven to nine. So uh, that goes to Toro and SureShot. Can either of you think of a way that you could help, or do you want to spend that team to help? Toro will take her foot and slide the trash can out of view. <laughs> just very casually with the foot, just so that that's not in there, so she won't notice that and then realize the, you know, what the jig is up. Excellent. Making sure the only thing that could draw her attention is Hornet and this fake duffel bag thing. That's perfect. So the team pool is back to zero, but that means you have a 10 Hornet. Um, right. And on, on a 10, they rise to the bait and do what you want. Rampage shocks Sure Shot to the side, just like hurls him uh, off to the side and is now barreling after you as you head outside of the building. Uh, so Rex, let's get you in here. How do you show up? With a hot dog. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the thing. The Rook Industries building on top of being one of Halcyon City's foremost science, super science centers, also has a really kick-ass food court. (laughs) And in the background of this fantastically drawn and brightly colored fight scene, clever readers were able to see a, a, a large figure (laughs) <laughs> sitting at the table. Caleb, I have a question for you. Yes. Does What does he wear to like go out every day? Is it like a uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle, you know, trench coat and jacket? Is it a hoodie? Oh, we were just getting to that. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. So, the figure in the back was always just that kind of large hulking figure very shadowy the artist of this particular issue is great at doing those very minimalistic shadowy backgrounds but clever readers who have been reading this book for some time know that rex is very fond of a uh, a particular type of canvas jacket over a dark gray hoodie that he typically wears. And that costume, that that uh, disguise was quite evident. So it is no surprise, gentle reader, when that shadow shifts and Rex actually stands up from where he was eating a really, really good Italian sub. There was salami, some capicola, a really nice honey ham, great provolone and mozzarella. It was just really good sandwich. He's a little bit upset that he couldn't finish it. So Rex stands up 
turns to the food cart that he bought this sandwich from. And we just see we see him zoom in on the panel at this situation. And so when the sandwich in one hand and he looks over at, at the shop owner, Tony, I'm, I'm really sorry. And he picks up the food cart and throws it at the back of Rampage, who is sprinting completely oblivious of this attack towards Hornet. That's great. Uh, that's excellent. So, yeah, as you just said, right, like she's 100 percent intent only on Hornet. She doesn't see this coming. So this food cart smashes into her back. Now, she is this big, towering, uh, powerful and dangerous uh, combat machine. So it, it sort of knocks her off balance. She goes slamming into more of the glass at the front of the building, just wrecking it even further. But she's not really hurt, and she's standing back up uh, in no time, looking over her shoulder in anger uh, as Rex steps up. So now, with Hornet outside on the street, holding a fake duffel bag that looks like the canisters, or that looks like it's holding the canisters that she was after, uh, the actual canisters in a trash can off to the side, and Toro, Shershot, and Rex inside the building, sort of now lined up behind Rampage and Hornet. Let's go ahead and uh, hit our Enter Battle Against Dangerous Foe as a team move, and add some team to the pool if we can. So first up, when we hit this move, we add two team to the pool, so the team the pool suddenly has two team in it. Now, who is, in this moment, who is the leader in this situation? Who's the one who's leading this fight? I would say Hornet by default. Great. Mm-hmm. Great. All right, cool. So uh, I have a move, Captain. When we enter a battle as a team, add an extra team to the pool and carry one forward if you are the leader. Hey, nice. All right, so that is three team in the pool right now. Now, Hornet, do you have influence over every other teammate? No. Okay. If you did, we would add another team to the pool. Uh, That does not happen. Now, Hornet, what is your purpose in this fight? What is your win condition? Um, Neutralize, basically, the threat to the city. In this case, uh, make sure that Rampage is either removed from the fight or um, the immediate threat's gone. You know, uh, either they leave or... There's no loss of life. That's sort of a... You are most interested in making sure people are safe. Yes. Great. Is that your purpose as well, Toro? No. Okay. So if it was, if everybody had the same purpose in the fight, then we would add another team to the pool. If anybody doesn't have that same purpose, we do not. So we're still at three team in the pool. Does any team member mistrust the leader or the team? Toro, do you mistrust the leader or the team? No. Uh, sure shot. Do you mistrust the Absolutely leader or the team? Absolutely not. Okay, great. <laughs> Rex, do you mistrust the leader or the team? I definitely mistrust Sure Shot. Okay. I'm not the leader, though. It, it's the leader or the team. So if, oh, dang. Okay. If, if he is suspicious of the team, if he's not acting in sync, yeah, that checks out. Uh, So that actually is going to remove a team from the pool, but we'll come back to that in one second. Uh, Is your team ill-prepared or off-balance? 
So that's one of those, like, if this was a surprise attack, obviously you'd be ill-prepared or off-balance. Some part of me says that the number of things that are haphazard, sure shots there in a suit, <laughs> suggests this, but I honestly don't think you are. I think, like, you, you're in the fight, you're ready to carry it forward, you're not actually right this second ill-prepared or off-balance. So we will not remove a team for that. So we had three teams in the pool, we removed one. Now, the only other piece of this is... Hornet, as team leader, instead of removing that one team from the pool because Rex doesn't trust Shershot, you can just mark a condition. Conditions are these emotional states like angry, afraid, guilty, hopeless, or insecure. They are going to affect your moves. They give you minuses on particular moves. Each condition affects different moves. And you have to get rid of them in a myriad of different ways. Uh, like, somebody else could comfort you or support you, make you feel better. But also, each one has its own condition for getting rid of it. So, like, angry, if you hurt someone important or break something important, you can clear angry at the end of that scene. Um, so if you mark one of those five conditions, then we do not remove that team from the pool. If you don't want to mark the condition, no worries, we'll remove the team from the pool, and you're left with two team in the pool. So, Hornet, do you want to mark a condition? I think I'll mark afraid, because uh, this is sort of a scary situation. Great. Alright, so Hornet marks afraid, uh, but the good news is that means you get to keep all three team in the pool. Excellent. So, uh, we had this moment where the three of you were lined up. Rampage looked over her shoulder at Rex, who just threw the cart, and then her gaze flits back to Hornet, who still has the fake duffel bag holding the um, fake canisters, and Rampage just says, This didn't have to be like this. But sometimes we get lucky. (laughs) (laughs) She throws her hand, like, sort of sweeps it towards the three of you, and as she does, the claws out of her fingers, the bone spur on her elbow, they all fling out of her arm and they come hurtling towards you in this, like, cloud of bone spears uh, straight at the three of you, while she then turns her attention back towards Hornet, and she's about to take off after Hornet again. As a quick check-in, Hornet, as she turns back towards you, what are you doing? Are you going to keep running, or are you do something else? Yeah, I'm going to start running, um, you know, afraid for her friends and afraid for the people around her. Great, so you are just taking off as she is chasing after you. For the other three of you, this cloud of bone spurs is hurtling in your direction. What are you doing? What is any one of you doing? I'm going to do that thing where I put my hand on Sure Shot and just shove him sideways violently (laughs) out of the way. (laughs) But you're not worried about Rex, to be clear. Well, no, no, Rex is fine. Sure Shot's the one that's going to get pincushioned here. Okay, (laughs) okay, great. So you are attempting to defend Sure Shot. Um, that is wonderful. I love it. You are going to roll 2d6 plus your savior. Uh, that's a 7 minus 1 is 6. Oh, good. <laughs> so there are three teams in the pool. Um, so Rex or, or Shore Shot, either of you have a good opportunity to spend a team out of the pool if you want to boost this to a 7. You don't have to, ever, though. This could still be a miss, and you get a potential, an experience point on a miss. So the question goes to you, Rex or Sure Shot, are either of you going to spend a team out of the pool? I will spend a team out of the pool 
as Toro moves to shove Shershot out of the way, I will see that while her reaction was quick enough, he is very distracted because he's still in this ill-fitting suit. And while he had that one arrow ready, his other ones got stuck in the lining. So he's actually trying to pull another one out and he's off balance. So the shove doesn't actually get him fully out of the way. Seeing this, I'll just stand in front of it. And I will just move... Because it's it's all in one kind of big sweeping arc, so I'll just take a step forward. So more of it is hitting me first and uh, impacting on my armored scales. Perfect. Uh, I love it. So you are down to two team in the pool, but that makes that a seven on the defense. So sure shot is safe. Thank you, Rex Yay. and Toro. Um, however, Toro. It is going to cost you. You have to expose yourself to danger or escalate the situation. So which one do you pick? <laughs> Let's escalate the situation. <laughs> okay, so so escalate the situation is the one where it's like, in the course of defending, you make things worse. You make things more intense. Uh, you make the situation more dangerous. So what are you doing here that's escalating? How about, uh, because I pushed him out of the way, one of those burns bone spurs hits that trash can and whatever's in those canisters starts to leak out. Ah, that's great. Okay, great. I like that. Um, and then you get to pick one option from the three on the defend move. Would you like to add a team to the pool, take influence over somebody you protect, aka sure shot, or clear condition? Uh, I'll add a team to the pool. Great. So we are back up to three team in the pool. But to what you just said, I mean... Your move was good, and you and Rex um, stand there in the way of these bone spurs, and they they strike the two of you, or or you may move a bit to dodge them or knock them off to the side. Uh, and in particular, Toro, you are absolutely not like you're not letting yourself get hit, right? That's the whole point. You you aren't exposing yourself to danger. You're escalating the situation, so you're blocking them. You're knocking them off. The bad side of that is some of those bone spurs go off, they hit the trash can, they knock it over, and you see one of the bone spurs punctured the trash can into one of those canisters, and this weird shimmering purple liquid starts to spill out across the floor of the lobby. As it does, you can see the floor below it start to sizzle and, like, spit and burst as this liquid seems to be eating into the floor itself. So there's a cl- close-up panel on my face. My eyes are growing wide, and the word bubble just says, oops. <laughs> <laughs> Rex, are you, you... You put yourself in between Sure Shot and these bone spurs. Now, I, I'm just going to ask you for visual sake, like Toro's knocking them away and, and making sure she's not actually taken by them. Do they just clatter off of you? Oh, absolutely. I just stand there with a really... <sighs> This again, kind of look on my face. I'm very dejected. This has happened many times before. The bone spurs just smash into my chest and torso nice. and and shatter. And uh, I'm just so over this. <laughs> sure shot, on the other hand, is just like completely like wide eyed. This is so cool. You guys, we're in a fight against a super villain. 
<laughs> he, he says picking himself up. <laughs> um, of course, Rampage is no longer anywhere in sight because Rampage has taken off right on the heels of Hornet. And you can hear the thumping down the street of Rampage's footfall slamming into the ground. But the three of you are left here in this lobby with this purple liquid, like, spreading across the floor and eating into it. Thanks for listening to the RPG Academy podcast, the flagship program of the RPG Academy Network. If you enjoy what we do here, then please check out therpgacademy.com and visit our site partners for additional entertainment and gaming advice. We do this out of love for the hobby and for you, our fans. The podcast and site content will always be free for you to enjoy and utilize. But we do have expenses related to the show. If you'd like to help out in any way, please visit patreon.com slash Academy and check out the rewards we are providing for your monthly pledges. We use all funds that come in to improve the show and give you better content and quality. And if you don't have the coin to spend, don't worry. You can still help us out in many ways. You can subscribe to our show on iTunes and or Stitcher Radio. You can leave us a five-star review. Also, if you clear your cookies and you visit Amazon or the DriveThruRPG site through our portal, we get a small percentage of what you pay, and it doesn't cost you anything extra. Just like any RPG, our site works best with open lines of communication. We love talking with our listeners about everything. Please contact us with any questions, concerns, and comments that you have. We also love to hear feedback and experiences from your own games. You can email us via podcast at therpgacademy.com and reach us on social media, such as Facebook and Google Plus at the RPG Academy. But Twitter is usually the fastest way to reach us. You can find my favorite co-host, the Caleb G, at the Caleb G. And you can find my favorite co-host, Michael, at the RPG Academy. Thanks for listening. And as always, if you're having fun, you're doing it right.